Hi, I'm your producer, Mike Bell. So right now what we're going to do is we're going to go over this week's top trending stories. So throughout Gray, and we got like, mm, last I checked, more than 100 stations. We've got a lot of stories to cover, but we're going to get to the big stories, the ones you've probably heard about a little bit here and there, maybe on your drive to and from work on the radio. We're going to go over those a little bit more in detail, but you want more detail, you want more information, you go to any of your local Gray websites, you're gonna find a lot of information about these stories. So here we go. The first one we're gonna cover, of course, is, you've probably heard about this, Kyle Rittenhouse was acquitted on all charges this week. So, brief reminder, Kyle Rittenhouse, 17 years old at the time, this was uh, about a year and a half ago, went to Kenosha, Wisconsin because there were protests going on there over the shooting of, of another man there uh, whose name escapes me at the moment. So he was acquitted on all, char all charges after uh, he shot and killed two people, severely wounded another. Let's uh, get a little bit more information here. Soon after Wisconsin jury acquitted Kyle Rittenhouse of all charges against him. Defense attorney Mark Richards took a swipe at his predecessors because, uh, brief aside, there were, Kyle Rittenhouse had other attorneys before uh, his, his current ones that got him acquitted. I'll put it that way. So uh, Mark Richards told reporters that their tactics leaning into Rittenhouse's portrayal as a rallying point for the right uh, uh, to carry weapons and defend oneself were not his. Quote, I was hired by the first two lawyers. I'm not going to use their names, Richards said Friday, but I believe listening to some interviews I heard earlier that he later on did. They wanted to use Kyle for a cause and something that I think was inappropriate, and I don't represent causes, I represent clients, which I must say, that's the kind of defense attorney you want. Richards, beaming, beaming as he talked to reporters outside his Racine law office after the acquittal, said that to him, the only thing that mattered was, quote, whether he was found guilty or not, which, I mean, let's be real, is the big deciding factor in a lot of these cases. It seemed apt comment from Richards, along with co-counsel Corey uh, Chiral, I, I, I can't pronounce that, I apologize, uh, Chiral Fissy. He spent months leading up to the case that virtual silence, quote, I don't do interviews, he said brusquely in one emailed request in December and sought at trial to minimize the polarizing questions about Second Amendment rights. So that is the uh, current update on Kyle Rittenhouse, acquitted on all charges, what his life is going to be like pretty much for the rest of his life because this will always be a major deciding point in his life. Whatever happens, uh, also civil lawsuits, which this attorney, Richard, did not decide to comment on because he's a criminal defense attorney if uh, Rittenhouse decides to file other lawsuits in the meantime, we're gonna bring you that news live. So we're going to go on to the next big trial happening here is the Ahmad Arbery trial. So the most recent update, and again, all this from Gray News Media, that the man who fatally shot Arbery took the witness stand to tell jurors he pulled the trigger fearing for his own life. Meanwhile, hundreds of black 
pastors rallied around outside the Glen County Courthouse in coastal Georgia to show support for the slain 25-year-old black man's family, compelled by a defense attorney's failed efforts to get prominent civil rights figures barred from court. The trial of father and son Greg and Travis McMichael, respectively, and their neighbor William Roddy Bryan is nearing an end, with close ar closing arguments by prosecutors and defense attorneys scheduled for Monday. Both sides rested after 10 days of trial testimony. A little bit more here. Each of the defendants is charged with murder and other crimes in the death of Arbery, who was fatally shot last year after he was spotted running in their neighborhood outside of the port city of Brunswick. Brian's cell phone video of the shooting, which was leaked online two months after Arbery's death, dramatically raised the killing's profile making it part of a larger national outcry over racial injustice. Folks, this is a story, and I did an interview earlier uh, this week with Shauna Evans from WTOC. They have been covering this from beginning to end. So you want to learn more, especially from the station covering this uh, locally and its effects, you go to WTOC and you'll find a lot more information. But the Arbery trial is not anywhere close to being done, but eventually, perhaps in the next week, the jury will get the case handed to them. They'll go into deliberations. We just wrapped the Rittenhouse trial. It took four days of deliberations for that, for the jury. So the Arbor case may go on longer, may go on show, shorter, we're not sure. But we're gonna go on to the next story here now and this was a story I was here live for this week at Local News Live. Young Dolph, a proclaimed and, and, and rather famous rapper when it comes to the <clears throat> Memphis, Tennessee area. I just want to double check that I didn't say the wrong town's name. I apologize. Search is still on for gunmen wanting to, uh, uh, wanted in the death for young Dolph. Let's find out a little bit more here. The search for two gunmen who killed Memphis rapper Young Dolph continues. And this, of course, is from WMC Gray's Memphis, Tennessee station. Images of the suspects have now been shared tens of thousands of times on social media. Makeda's has barricades surrounding the store and the windows are still boarded up. Makeda's uh, being the bakery slash cookie store where this shooting happened. Apparently this was an area or at least a store that Young Dolph frequented a lot. Um, so at the time of his death, this is where he was shot and killed. This was one of Young Dolph's favorite stops during his visits home to the Bluff City. Wednesday, his visit ended in tragedy. Police shared images of the suspects responsible for his death Thursday afternoon. Thanks to surveillance footage, Police were able to get snapshots of the two gun-wielding men. They were seen getting out of a white two-door Mercedes-Benz in front of the bakery. The death of young Dolph here, um, and I'm going to be completely honest with everybody, I had never heard of this man before, but in Memphis, apparently he was a pillar of the community there. So a number of local leaders, civil leaders, have reacted to his death. If you want to learn more, you go to action5news.com, WMC News. 
you'll find out a whole lot more about what's going on and they will continue to provide up-to-the-minute coverage as soon as they can. But that was another big story this week. We have another story here. This is a little more late-breaking and everyone, I know we've already been talking a lot about, well, literally we've been talking about several deaths already in this uh, uh, newscast. But here's another one, but this one is very tragic, I must say. Band director among three dead after Andrews Band bus crash in Big Big Spring, excuse me, Big Spring, Texas. KCBD, our station there, is covering this. An Andrews ISD band bus was involved in a fiery crash in the westbound lands of I-20 Service Road Friday afternoon in Big Spring. So this was just yesterday. Texas DPS, Department of Public Safety, says three adults have died. Two students are in critical but stable condition. The driver of the pickup that collided with the bus died at the scene. Two other two adults from the bus have now died from their injuries. Saturday morning, DPS identified the driver of the pickup, Nathan Paul Haley, 59, of Midland, Texas. The bus driver, Mark Albert Boswell, 69, of Andrews, Texas, and Andrews ISD band director, 53-year-old Darren Kimbrough Johns, as the victims who died in Friday's crash. DPS officials say a vehicle driving the wrong way on the I-20 service road at mile marker 179 crashed head-on with the bus on the east side of Big Spring. One more line here. Sergeant Justin Baker said a Ford F-350 entered I-20 traveling westbound in the eastbound lane quote, for unknown reasons, end quote, while three Andrews charter buses were traveling eastbound in the same lane leading to the collision. So this is a more recent story uh, that we're bringing to you now. Again, very tragic. And if you want to know more, KCBD has a lot more detail than I can share with you at this moment. Another big story this week, we're going to branch out a little bit more to the national side of things is the uh, U.S. has opened COVID booster shots to all adults, urging them for anyone who's over 50 years old. Let's find out a little bit more here. I have, I'm going to share this with you now. I'm vaccinated, both shots. I have not gotten my booster shot, but when I have to, when I'm ready, I will. So let's find out a little bit more about these booster shots here now that they're eligible for a whole lot more people. This is of course, from the Associated Press. The U.S. is opening COVID-19 vaccine boosters to all adults and urging them for anyone 50 years or older. The decision Friday seeks to simplify what has been a confusing list of who is eligible. Now, for anyone 18 or older, the only requirement is to be at least six months past their last dose of the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine or two months past the single-dose Johnson & Johnson vaccine. The government is trying to get ahead of rising coronavirus cases that experts fear could snowball into a winter surge with upcoming holiday travel. That coming from the Associated Press. Also, and here's the last story here, this is something that we've been hearing about uh, a lot more lately. We try to stick to the local, in the local news live, but this is becoming more and more local as it makes more and more waves. So let's see here. This is 
excuse me, photos of missing Chinese tennis star posted online. So again, from the Associated Press, an employee of Chinese state TV has posted photos of missing tennis star at Pang Shui online in a new effort to dispel concern about her disappearance after she accused of senior leader, a senior leader of sexual assault. The photos appeared Friday on Twitter, which cannot be seen by most internet users in China. The state TV employee, Shen, uh, wrote they were on Peng's account on the WeChat message server, a service with the comment, quote, happy weekend. The ruling Communist Party faces mounting appeals from tennis stars and the sports professional tour to prove that Peng, a three-time Olympian and former number one ranked women's doubles player, is safe and let her speak freely. Meanwhile, the editor of a newspaper published by the party said Peng would, quote, show up in public, end quote, soon. So this is something I've been hearing about, and maybe a number of you as well, that this Chinese tennis star has kind of dropped off the face of the earth. No one knows her current whereabouts. Now, the uh, uh, China and Beijing have said that she will reappear uh, uh, soon. Uh, how soon is soon? We don't know. But those are this week's top trending stories here not just in the U.S., but abroad, but a number of U.S. tennis stars have kind of spoken out and have uh, given their opinions, shared, and been like, where is Peng right now? Why isn't she able to just pop on social media and say, hey, I'm okay, I'm here? So it continues to be a story. When we have developments, we're going to bring them to you live here as soon as we can. But folks, I'm Mike Bell. Those are the top trending stories going on right now here and pretty much across the world.